Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me as always is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how are you doing today, brother? Dude, I'm doing good. I cannot even believe who won this NASCAR race, brother. I can't either, and I can't wait to talk about it, oh, man. Oh, man, let's get to this, dude. Yes, A little sir. bit of shaking, bacon, pig skin. We got some football back, baby. That's what's up. This is what Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man is all about. That and wrestling. And wrestling. Yeah. Yes. But f- mostly it's football. We love football. And wrestling. And wrestling. That's what we do. That's where our uh, that's where our ace in the holes are. <laughs> exactly. So let's get down to it. Look the results of the Southern 500 at Darlington this last weekend. Let's get it. Taking home the checkered flag for the first time all season was Denny Hamlin, the playoff guy who barely got in but moved up to seventh, is now number one in the standings. We'll talk about that momentarily. Chasing him down was Kyle Larson in the number five Chevy. Couldn't quite get there, though. Uh, Finishing third in the 42 Chevy was Ross Chastain. And the number 19 Toyota, Martin Truex Jr., came in fourth. And the number four Ford in fifth place was Kevin Harvick. Kurt Busch in the number one Chevy finished sixth. Brad Keselowski in the number two Ford came in seventh. Uh, Joey Logano in the 22 Ford came in eighth. Uh, Chris Boucher in the 17 Ford was ninth, and Austin Dillon cracks the top 10 in the number three Chevy. Good to see that number three car in the top 10, baby. I've missed it. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> in the cup standings, as we have, Danny Hamlin jumped up from seventh to the first spot with his win. Kyle Larson is still in the top <clears throat> top five at number two with in this number five Chevy. Martin Truex Jr. slid down to third in the number nine Toyota. 19 Toyota, sorry. Kurt Busch is fourth in the number one Chevy. Ryan Blaney is fifth in the number 12 Chevy. I think that's actually a Ford. I think I messed up on that one. I forgot to change that. That's my bad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
I don't think that was a Chevy. Uh, Joey Lagan on the 22 Ford is sixth. Kevin Harvick in the 4 Ford is seventh. Brad Kozlowski in the number two Ford is eighth. Christopher Bell in the number 95 Toyota is ninth. Chase Elliott in the number nine Chevy is tenth. Eric Amarola is 11th in the number 10 Ford. Uh, Tyler Reddick in the number eight Chevy is 12th. Alex Bowman in the number 48 Chevy is 13th. Kyle Busch in the number 18 Toyota has slipped all the way down to 14th. And William Bryan in the number 24 Chevy 15th. Michael McDowell rounds out the top 16 in the number 34 Ford. Not a good place to be for uh, Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, uh, William Byron, and uh, Michael McDowell currently. You got three more races to get yourselves out of elimination. Yeah, man. This ain't good, dude. Mm-mm. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah, Kyle Busch had a, uh, a an appointment with the wall during the race, and uh, needless to say, he was not happy with the results of that appointment. <laughs> All right, sir, we're going to move on to some notes that we're going to talk about. Talking about Danny Hamlin and his first win of the season. Better late than never for Danny Hamlin as he was finally able to get that first win of the season at the Southern 500 in Darlington, North, uh, South Carolina. The win catapults Hamlin to the top of the playoff seating, as we talked about, and an automatic berth in the next round of the playoff races. Hamlin had to fend off late charging Kyle Larson, who was looking to get back to his winning ways uh, with a, after a bit of bad luck, a bit of run of bad luck, sorry, at the end of the regular season. However, Hamlin was able to stay out front and get that elusive victory that seemed to be avoiding him all season long. Cooper, your thoughts? Yeah, man. Denny Hamlin. I mean, that's crazy, dude. Coming up with that win and getting to, what, the number one spot now? Mm-hmm. It's crazy, brother. Yes, sir. Of course, that uh, could be only momentarily. Depends on who else wins. Because if Larson wins, he'll take back back over the number oh, yeah. one spot. Oh, yeah, dude. It's just, it's just cool to see him finally get a win. We've been talking about it all season, and finally it happens. Yes, sir. It was finally a long wait, but hey, it's good to happen now in the playoffs, especially well, since What, what did we say earlier when we were talking? And about Better late than, than never. never. All right, sir. So you ready to move on to the gridiron? Let's do it. So we had some upsets over the first week of college football season. The unranked UCLA Bruins beat number 16 LSU at home, and it appears that head coach Chip Kelly has finally got his team ready to make a statement in the Pac-12 could very be and could be a very real threat for the Pac-12 title. FCS Montana went into Washington and beat the number 20 Huskies. Number 19 Penn State went into Madison, Wisconsin and pulled off a shocker of number 12 Wisconsin. Number 10 North Carolina went to unranked Virginia Tech and got blanked in the first half, tried to rally in the second half, but to no avail. And number 5 Georgia went to North, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina and played valiantly in a Clemson-friendly crowd environment with a lone touchdown coming via pick six to take out number three, Clemson, and jump to the number two spot in the top 25 right behind SEC foe, number one, Alabama, who rolled Miami, by the way. Yeah, man, that must have been what my brother-in-law was talking about. He's like, did you see that dog's game? I'm like, unfortunately, no, because we had a, we had a uh, birthday party this weekend. Yep. But that is freaking awesome, dude. Yes, sir. Um for those who may be wondering, I did not view the number 18. I was dismantling a number 17, Indiana, as an upset when they were ranked so closely together, with also Iowa being at home and normally the better football program compared to the Hoosiers. Yeah, so, man. You, that, that, that's a fair assumption there. Yeah, when you're both right next to each other in the rankings, the team, even though they're the quote-unquote underdog technically, they're at home. 
They played great at home in front of their fans. And also, Indiana had a good year last year, but it's Iowa. Iowa just usually dominates that rivalry, or so-called rivalry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, The end for Ed Ogeron in LSU, without without the national championship year, Ogeron is now 20-12 and at LSU, and the team did not look ready for UCLA. Now, the team was displaced after Hurricane Ida rolled through the Gulf Coast region as a, as a category, category 4 strength storm, which also resulted in the Saints needing to temporarily relocate and lose their home opener this weekend to, the, to Jacksonville, Florida, since New Orleans could be without power for up to a whole month. But there were rumblings the year prior to that national championship that Ogeron was not the right guy for the head coaching job after the school ousted last miles. Then to step back the way they did last year after the championship, Though one could argue that the pandemic may have something to do with it, LSU was hit with another ugly mark when immediately after the national championship game saw Odell Beckham Jr. handing out $100 bills to players. Then to have that bad year last year and now an ugly opening game in L.A. against the Bruins has done Orgeron no favors. Yeah, not at all, bro. Um, But we all, you and I know Chip Kelly very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, he's a strategic dude. Yeah. So uh, he ain't nobody to play with in the uh, NCAA. No, he's been one of the top coaches in the in the uh, college ranks for a long time. Um, he did have a, a decent stint with Philadelphia before things began to unravel um, up there. And then, of course, that one year, one and done in San Francisco was just yeah a, ugly, <laughs> to say the least. Um but then to sit there, um, to come back to the college ranks, take over at UCLA, a very prominent program, not as prominent as it once was back in the 90s, but still the glamour, one of the glamour schools, um, especially being based out of Los Angeles, yeah. that has helped be a glamour school. Oh, yeah. um, Kelly had to take a team that was mediocre at best, um, prior to his arrival, and try to reshape it into what he liked. This, what people didn't see with Oregon is we were already pretty good, and he was our offensive coordinator until Bilotti left, then he became head coach. Therefore, he already pretty much had his players established, and we took off with that. Um, Ogeron, though, man, this this is going to be hard for him. Um, I actually like Ogeron. I really thought he should have got his chance to be the permanent head coach at USC when he took over in the interim. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't given that opportunity. He ended up coming to LSU, got that opportunity uh, to become the head coach there. Uh, won a national championship for the program, but unfortunately, when uh, I kind of have a hard time blaming last year, though, because you lost a lot of your good players after that championship year, yeah. plus in a pandemic. But you also seem to lack institutional control when you have a, an alumnus coming down, handing out $100 bills to your players, not looking good on national television. That didn't look good. And then um, to come out, I understand too, that's why I previewed this with the Hurricane Ida situation. It's hard to be prepared for a game when you're not used to what you're, you're not doing your normal schedule to prepare for a road game. You're already displaced and then have to go to L.A. And not only have to deal with the COVID issue going on, mm-hmm. um, but to have to deal with hurricanes, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Orleans has been through so much. I mean, even 
way back when. Now they're dealing with this again. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, it's crazy, man. And, you know, you really can't blame one guy for all these events going on. But at the same time, you do have to take somewhat responsibility for your team mm-hmm. and the way it's managed and whatever's going on around so hopefully, maybe you'll get things back on track this next week, yeah. get them better prepared, have them ready to go. Um, but he's going to have to have a pretty good um, SEC record this year because obviously losing to UCLA is going to sting. They probably have some cupcakes left on the schedule that are outside the conference games. But then once you get to conference, they're going to have to make a statement and possibly maybe have to beat or at least hang with Alabama this year. Yeah, man. To really have an opportunity to um, keep his job. Because if they don't look good against Bama, then they're probably he's probably not going to stay after the season. Which just sucks because I do like Ed Orgeron. And I think he's a decent coach. He just hasn't really got his true fair shake in uh, head coaching opportunities. All right, sir. So it is time for part three of the worst decisions by all 32 NFL teams. Let's do it, brother. This yes. is going to be fun. Yes, sir. We are starting with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, in when it comes to off-season decisions that are terrible, does everything count? The Raiders blew up their offensive line, which was a strength of theirs last year, drafted a tackle, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, who was graded as a second to third round player with their first pick. They did draft Trayvon Morig, a talented safety from TCU, who fell to them in the second round. As many predicted, he would have been a mid-to-late first-rounder. But the team would draft more safeties despite already having Jonathan Abrams and then making that Morig uh, pick in, in the second round. And uh, former select, former first-round selection, brought back, and they brought back former first-round selection, Carl Joseph, another f- first-rounder, um, who couldn't stay out of head coach's uh, John Gruden's doghouse prior to his release in 2020. Joseph, however, did not make the Raiders squad and is on the Steelers' practice squad. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Raiders, and did everything suck for them this offseason? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I did. I, to me, I didn't understand the whole, you know, let, let's get safety after safety after safety. It's like, you got your safety, and look elsewhere for other positions you might need an upgrade in. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't get it. And I think it really, really screwed up whatever they got going on. So, yeah, unfortunately for the Raiders, this looks like another off season of head scratching. There, there's a good chance they might actually finish last in the division. The Chargers are improved, who we're about to talk about. Denver, if they just get good quarterbacking out of Teddy Bridgewater, will be a, a thorn in the side of everybody else in the division. They might maybe beat Kansas City. We don't really see it. But you never know if Kansas City may have a couple injuries they're dealing with at that point when they play. Denver could possibly pull an upset. Man, Mahomes ain't going to be out by that quote, man. I'm not saying Mahomes. I'm just saying if, you, if you're down to like one good I'm receiver. Just, I'm just saying flat out. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. I mean, it could happen. Uh, I mean, they're going to make it. They're going to make Kansas City sweat a little bit. They're not going to just walk all over them like last year, I don't think. Do I see them being Kansas City? As long as everybody's healthy enough, no. <laughs> but the Raiders, though, I mean, the way things have looked, I had a, like I had a hard time not making them an 0-17 team myself. I, their quarterbacking by Derek Carr 
is enough to save them a couple of games. But for the most part, I just don't see it. And they're probably going to finish last in the division. Yeah, man. This... Boy. Yeah. All right. The Los Angeles Chargers. There wasn't much wrong that the Chargers did this offseason. They vastly improved their offensive line with the signing of center Corey Lindsley, who was the number one rated center in the NFL last year, according to Pro Football Focus. And drafting Rashawn Slater with the first with their first pick in the draft, some experts had Slater more NFL ready than tackle Panay Sewell. With hopefully a healthy, a fully healthy receiving core, uh, the team expects uh, QB uh, quarterback <laughs> Justin Herbert to make huge strides this season. However, the team didn't help him with a strong running game or solid running game, for that matter. Last offseason, the team did re-sign running back Austin Eckler to an extension, but Eckler. Played only in 10 games after hyperextending his knee and some hamstring issues didn't help him either. He would still lead the team in rushing yards with 530, but with no true compliment back to Eckler, so he wouldn't have to carry a full load or a top-level running game to help Herbert late in games to milk the clock. The Chargers could experience some issues closing out games again this season. Cooper, your thoughts? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. If they don't have a good, you know... Uh, a good enough running back core this could happen mm-hmm. but I also think that uh, you know you're protecting your quarterback by putting these guys around him so I think the Chargers do have a good shot to uh, have a winning season and we'll see what happens we will definitely see what happens I do think that they'll probably sneak into the wild card and they're not beating Kansas City for this division that ain't yeah happening. no no uh, um, God forbid Mahomes ends up injured all year. They're, they should win. They should not win this division, but they should make the playoffs. I think. I think they'll be like six or seven in the uh, wild card spot. Oh, I don't want to talk about my team. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, is letting John Johnson the third walk in free agency going to haunt the Rams this season? It came down to the team choosing between off outside linebacker Leonard Floyd, who had a career year or safety John Johnson III, a huge leader on their defense and established starter. The Rams gambled on Floyd, who greatly benefited from the attention drawn to Aaron Donald, who will continue getting the same attention this season. However, Floyd has not had this close to a year before and was considered a bust in Chicago. Since taking over at safety for the Rams, Johnson III had started to become one of the top safeties in the league and was rewarded nicely by the Cleveland Browns. The Rams have been... have been... Uh, been what may have been better, letting Floyd leave and retaining Johnson or re-sign Johnson and use the franchise tag on Floyd, giving him one more prove-it year, a prove-it deal before giving him an extension. Cooper, your thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I think you and I both agree that John Johnson is is an elite player. I think he's good. He's great. And, uh, yeah, man. Oof. That backfield ain't going to look too good, brother. Yeah, the only um, negative I've ever had against John Johnson was the very bad angle he took against Leonard Fournette in the Jaguars game we went to when <laughs> Leonard Fournette ran freely towards him and he took the wrong... Well, I don't think he took the wrong angle. I think he took the smart angle because he wasn't ready to tackle. What happened on the next drive, brother? What happened on the next drive? Because like, I sat there and said, if he's going to continue to run through us like this, and no one's going to stop him, John Johnson the third, we're going to be in big trouble. Cooper then goes, ah, that's okay. Leonard Fournette's going to get hurt. Watch. Next drive. We're, no, listen to this. We're, a bunch of, we're sitting there in Rams attire. attire. 
around a bunch of Jaguar fans, and I say this crap, right? And the next drive, what happens, big man? Leonard Fournette goes down with an ankle injury and is out for the rest of the game, and the fans turn to us, and we're thinking about killing us. <laughs> it was amazing and scary, and I loved it. The good news for the Rams is because of that injury, we went on to win the game because they couldn't run the ball or the crap. And also, we didn't really give their uh, team a chance to pick us off five times like your Steelers did the week prior. Shh. We won't talk about that. And I really hated that, too. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, ugh, because they played the the the, uh, the replays of that game throughout halftime and everything else, and I'm like, Oh my god, dude, no. Mm-hmm. It was terrible to watch yeah, those. Was. Oh, mercy me. But yeah, I really, I rather would have kept John Johnson's. Th- I really, really like to have done what I said at the end there. Resign John Johnson and then franchise Floyd, giving him one more year to prove it. Show that you can be consistent. Just because you had one good year doesn't mean that's the peak. That could have been your peak. You're done. We don't know. We're hoping it's not, of course, because he, we resigned him and we're hoping for the best. But at the same time, you don't have the consistency there. That was your first double-digit sack year ever as a professional. Kind of scary. So we'll see what happens. And for the love of God, I hope we have an answer at safety. I don't know what it is with us in safeties, though. We get safeties, mold them, make them good, and then we watch them leave free in free agency. I'm like, you know what? Can you at least trade one of them and get some assets back? Stop losing them in free agency. Right. It's like you're killing me with this shit, Smalls. Anyways, moving on to the Dolphins before I go on another tangent. Did the Dolphins take the wrong Alabama wide receiver? Picking sixth overall, it was becoming apparent that the Dolphins were looking to get their quarterback to a tug of Viola, another weapon on offense. With wide receiver Jamar Chase off the board and reuniting with his college quarterback in Cincinnati, the Dolphins had two former teammates of Tua's to choose from. They chose Jalen Waddle over Devontae Smith. Teams had concerns over Smith's small frame of 6 feet and 170 pounds, but Waddle only came in 10 pounds heavier and 3 inches shorter. Both have top-notch speed, but Waddle actually has an injury history. Uh, whereas Smith did not while at Alabama. In Smith's final year at Alabama, now listen to this, he had 117 catches for 1,856 yards and 23 touchdowns, which were more catches and touchdowns than Waddle had in his whole career at Bama. That season, of course, also helped Smith win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, man. Uh, I think you and I both were scratching our heads on this pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we tried to tried to be unbiased about it. Well, maybe they, they got along better or something. We tried everything. We're like, maybe Tua liked Waddle better than Devontae Smith. Maybe they didn't get along or something like that. We don't know. Because to, to me, if you're going to take one of his former teammates, you would want your quarterback to have a, a little bit of influence in that. Who would you rather have? Obviously, we can't get both, or we'd love to get you both. But at this point, who would you rather have? Maybe he said he'd rather have Waddle. We don't know. But still, it seemed to us that Smith would have been the better option to us. But, you know. Yeah. 
It is what it is. But, uh, so, I mean, it was it's funny to see, though, how many teams reunited um, quarterbacks with their wide receivers right. from college. It was unbelievable. Or a teammate. Because Clemson did reunite um, Trevor Lawrence. Not Clemson. The Jaguars reunited Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence with his running back Travis Etienne. Who unfortunately got hurt. But still, it was... Uh, it was interesting to see how many teams were getting players because uh, Devontae Smith ended up still getting what to be with a former teammate in Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's quarter as his quarterback. So, you know, got the LSU guys, the Bama guys, uh, two Bam, well, four Bama players all together, and then um, you have the uh, yeah, whatever I just said, Clemson guys. There we go. <laughs> I lost my train of thought for a second. Anyways, all right, now we get to talk about the reason why Chris thinks the Minnesota Vikings are going, I mean, Cooper thinks the Vikings are going Uh 0-17. A downgrade at linebacker for Minnesota. Is this the whole reason why they went going 0-17? Because they downgraded at the linebacker position? That's it right there, bro. That's it right there. No, (laughs) to tell you the truth, dude, I don't even know why I really did this, but I don't really have, I don't have... Faith in Kirk Cousins, man. He's just—he's not one. He's a—he's an okay quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's just not that. He doesn't have that elite that can push them to the playoffs. Yeah, he's not a top-notch. And and Dalvin Cook. He can't be your whole offense. He he yeah he can't be your whole offense, and he has a track record of getting injured. So. Mm-hmm. He's also got a track record of fumble and fumble issues. That's <laughs> the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Anyway, so the Vikings chose not to retain linebacker Eric Wilson. Instead, signed Nick Vigel or Vigel. That was about one point seven five million dollars in savings. This helped the Vikings add add some help to their secondary and defensive line. Though Vigel or Vigel, however you pronounce his last name has been mostly a backup in his five-year career, and Wilson is also younger than Vigil, that $1.75 million should probably have been used towards retaining Wilson rather than using it to using it towards Patrick Peterson, who's on the back end of his career? Yeah, I agree with that. Now, don't get me wrong. If this was Patrick Peterson five years ago, yeah, all day, every day. Because yeah. Patrick Peterson even five years ago, was still an elite cornerback. An elite shutdown cornerback. Go ahead five years now, not so much. So, yeah, that's that's a bit of a head-scratcher. That might be their worst decision. I'd rather have kept the younger linebacker. Oh, yeah. To be honest. So, all right. Next up, the New England Patriots. I just shuddered that we had to talk about this. Anyways, the Patriots rarely ever do things wrong in the offseason. Shocker. They are notorious for moving on from players a year too early rather than a year too late. Tom Brady. I wish. (laughs) He's not going anywhere this year. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, But this offseason was a change. Flush with a huge amount of salary cap space because they didn't have Tom Brady. New England went went shopping this offseason. 
They went shopping at Tiffany's. <laughs> they spent money on just about anyone and everyone they could get a hold of. This in free agency. Not a typical not typical of a Bill Belichick led team. The team should be much improved, but will it result in the seventh title? Only time will tell. Yeah, I'm not quite sold on this version of the Patriots. Um, Bill Belichick is a great head coach. Um, still a cheater. Still a cheater, but, uh, you know, uh, don't know. Don't know, man. Um, the, only, the only thing I'm happy with what they did was letting go of Cam Newton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it and going really, with a rookie. It's really like, ha-ha, because it really pissed me off to see the, uh, you know, Cam Newton always whining every time he got hit or whatever. He's just like prima donna bullshit. So. Yeah, it, it was surprising to say the least is that they moved on from Cam again probably yeah. a year too soon rather than a year too late. And go with a rookie, but at the same time, the rookie reminds you a little bit of Tom Brady. From what I was reading, so, from what I was reading too, they said that Mac Jones was helping Cam Newton with the playbook. Ouch! If the rookie's helping you, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if if the rumors are true with that, then. Mm-hmm. His heart really wasn't in it, or somewhere he knew that that he was going to be replaced eventually. Right. So, I mean, I guess I can kind of see where it would get in your head a little bit, but it's very unprofessional. Yeah. So. Yeah. To say the least. Moving on to New Orleans. Let's get it. This season is going to be odd for the Saints. For the first time since 2005, they will not have Drew Brees under center for them to begin the season. The Saints did choose Jameis Winston as their new QB1, and he now has a chance to resurrect his career after a terrible start to his career with division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the Saints were already thin at cornerback and due to cap constraints, constraints, there we go, made the hard decision to let Janoris Jenkins go. But the team doesn't really have solid options for the position opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and that could haunt them this season. Cooper, your thoughts? It definitely could, dude. Uh, and I think what's going to haunt them the most is uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, but that wasn't the thing they said was the worst decision. I don't care. <laughs> because this, I don't care what they, they say. This was written before they knew Jameis was quarterback. I, I know, but what I'm saying is I don't care. I think Jameis Winston is their worst player on the team. But it would have Taysom Hill really been that much of an upgrade, though. No, not at all. That's the problem. Yeah. They didn't really have much of a choice at quarterback. Yeah, they didn't have much of a choice, and I'm sure they thought Drew Brees was going to stick around for another couple years or so. I don't Teach think, them not to get Kyle Trask. I don't think they thought that they were going to have to replace their quarterback. Teach them not to get Kyle Trask. Then, then they have like, then they have like two. Was it then they had two options to get him? Two tries. Yeah. We thought he was going to go in the first round, sneak in the back end, didn't go. And then we thought the second round, and he goes to the Buccaneers late in the second round. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, time for the New York Giants. 
Did the Giants overpay a free agent cornerback? The Giants look to improve on both sides of the ball this offseason. They brought in two receivers via free agency and one through the draft to give Daniel Jones some, some, some much-needed weapons. On defense, they needed to help out the secondary, and they did so by signing Adoree Jackson in free agency. Jackson is still 25, but recently has been struggling with injuries and hasn't been able to be on the field often enough to make an impact. If healthy, this is actually great news for the Giants to get this guy. If not healthy, then the Giants are stuck with a huge contract. Cooper, your thoughts? Yeah, man. If he can stay healthy and consistent, then this will be good for them. But like you said, if they can't, then you just wasted a bunch of money. Yeah. I think one thing they're going to probably need to do is not let him be a return man. Let um, Tooney do it Mm -hmm. from um, Florida. I think Tooney would be a great punt returner for the Giants. Oh, yeah. And then, and then running the slot. Oh. Daniel Jones needs to step up this year, honestly, because he's got weapons now. And the offensive line isn't that great, but it isn't so that bad. bad. Isn't that bad. So, and for the love of God, can Saquon Barkley stay healthy for a freaking year, please? Right. I mean, I want to see what the kid is made of. I mean, everybody said he was going to be... Like, something great, and I haven't seen... He's, he's shown flashes, yeah. but that's when he's healthy. Yeah. When he's not healthy, he's not there, and that's yeah. terrible for him. But Adoree is a really good cornerback. I loved him coming out of SC. Him and Juju um, are, were great. They Jackson was one of the um, few players that played both sides of the football for SC, so he would. they actually made a pretty good receiving tandem. But, of course, Jackson um, mostly was used on defense. He was basically a gadget guy on offense for the Trojans while in college. But he's got to stay healthy. If he can just stay healthy, he's a good corner and will be a very big upgrade for the Giants. That's a big F. Unfortunately, and that's the thing that sucks. I think that's our biggest problem with Tua this year, too. Like, mm-hmm. Tua has a chance to, to be their franchise quarterback. But he has to stay healthy. I also worry about his offensive line. I don't think yeah. he improved very well on that in Miami. I think that's one of the other things you could have probably worried about with worse decisions for Miami. Yeah. Not improving the offensive line enough. Um, <clears throat> because, granted, yeah, another receiver is helpful. But if you can't have enough time to get it to him, how helpful is that? True. So, I really would have liked to see them maybe get Elijah Vera Tucker or even getting Rashawn Slater at the sixth overall pick, somebody to help. Because I've, or uh, even Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell was available to him, too. Yeah. And that would have been a huge help for um, Tua. Either one. There's three good offensive linemen options, and you didn't take any of them. So, there yeah. you go. That's the way it is. And now Panay Souls in Detroit. But, hey, at least Miami got Javon Holland, so they got one duck. <laughs> yeah. I love Javon Holland. I can't wait to see what he does in Miami. It's going to be fun. All right. So, that does it for us for tonight. We'll be back Thursday night with AEW Talk. Yes, man. This Our is going to be awesome, dude. Of AEW Talk. I'm looking forward to it. We had a lot of exciting stuff happen at All Out. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, man, I can't even believe this, bro. It's uh, yes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of big names that showed up. So, and I heard there's even some more backstage. Interesting, interesting. You will have to tune in, people. I might give you a hint. Woo! I might have to give you a hint that I already knew that. Whatever. <laughs> but saying. anyways. Maybe I'll give even the fans a hint, not you. <laughs> well, don't look back at me when you say it then, brother. I also know some other things. You suck. Oh, anyways. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So, and then of course we're back Saturday with the new premiere of WWE Talk. So we have split wrestling talk. AEW, WWE. The war is on. Can't wait. And then of course Sunday we'll be back with more baseball, basketball talk. Oh my Dodgers are so stupid. Sorry, bro. Oh, they're gonna kill me. I'm, they're going to be the death of me. Thank God it's football season. I can start paying attention to that. The Dodgers are going to piss me off. Anyways. <laughs> um, it's basically going to be ba- baseball talk mostly because unless anything else happens in the NBA before the season starts, not much is going to happen. Because I don't think training camp starts until the following week. If I remember correctly. So, yeah, we weren't going to be talking about much basketball. These are the things we need to talk right, about right, off of the podcast, brother. Next! You always wait till the end of the podcast and then go, oh, what are we going to talk about? Next Tuesday, <laughs> we'll be back with football talk as we'll be able to talk about the NFL season connect or connects. Wow. Commences. There we go. <laughs> Thursday night with the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. No upset. <laughs> yeah, none. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah, couldn't do it. Couldn't pull the trigger on that one. Uh-uh. And don't see it happening. I think uh, it's going to be ugly. I don't even think I'd root for him. I'm just going to watch to see how bad it becomes. <laughs> I think that's go. the only reason there why I'm going to watch it. Uh, if it's really bad by the third quarter, we'll shut it off. Yeah, But the big noon kickoff on Fox will be the Oregon Ducks going to Ohio State to take on the Buckeyes. Yes. We're probably going to lose. <laughs> Anyways. Well, look how bad we looked against Fresno State. Ow. Now we got to go to Columbus, Ohio? Oh, me anyways um but tune in to sunday night football because the rams will be on against the bears andy dalton enjoy your last day as a starting quarterback or last game as a starting quarterback because <laughs> we're going to take you out When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you done yet? Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep keep on talking sports.
Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sports talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.